Sales is the most lucrative skill in the world, period. The problem is most sales advice out there today is outdated, cheesy, and can even keep you from getting the deals that can make all the difference in your career. This is the No BS Sales School, a podcast for entrepreneurs and salespeople who want to master the skill of selling without all the BS. Listen, if you're like me, you hate doing admin crap. Number one, because you're not good at it. And number two, because you know it's taking you away from the stuff that actually makes you money. So why are you doing it? Do what I did. Go to worksbee.com right now and let them pair you with a real executive assistant. Once I started working with Cheryl at Worksbee, my income went up 40% in one month and my working hours went from 70 down to 40. It's a game changer. Go to workspeed.com right now, book a call, and tell them Walker sent you. If you do, you'll get two extra hours of service for free as a bonus. So if you're ready to finally stop doing the stuff you hate and focus on the stuff that makes you money, go to workspeed.com right now. That's W-O-R-X-B-E-E dot C-O-M. Tell them Walker sent you, and you'll get those two free hours. Welcome to the NBS Sales School podcast. I'm your host, Walker McKay. Today's topic is what does a nautical knot have to do with closing sales faster? The answer is everything. So listen today, if you want to figure out how to get commitment from your buyer faster, how to figure out sooner rather than later if somebody's real, and how to close business faster than you ever thought possible. Before I go into that topic, however, which is one of my favorites, I want to, uh, I owe my listeners, I owe you, No BS Sales Team, a debt of gratitude. I want to thank you so much for listening. I want to thank you for sharing this podcast. I want to thank you for giving me five stars. Um, it has been a, a real um, pleasure to do this, and it continues to be. And, and um, anyway, I, I appreciate you very much, and thank you for listening, and thank you for sharing this and making it successful. Um, so what I want to do, and the purpose of my podcast often, what I want to be able to do is to teach people, right? I want to train people to be better at sales and at growing a business. That is the purpose of this. And I don't mind giving away information to do that. My goal by the time I retire is for to be 50% fewer crappy salespeople on the planet. So if you know somebody that needs to hear this or any other episode, this podcast, please share. And also, the more that you, uh, the more people that review this thing and rate it, then the more widely it gets distributed. So it's a huge help to me if you'll go ahead and, and rate it um, and, and um, review it for me. That'd be awesome. So what does a nautical knot have to do with closing business faster? So there was this knot called a monkey's fist that sailors used, I don't know, many, many hundreds of years ago that what happened was when they would go and um, try and anchor up to a dock, for example, they have these huge ropes or maybe even huge chains on the boat. And you can't throw a freaking chain or a big fat rope over the boat to the dock. Nobody can get it, right? You can't throw it. So what, what sailors devised, they created this knot where they um, it was it formed a ball and it was around, often around a piece of brass. 
right? It was a weighted knot and it was tied to a smaller string, if you will. And sometimes, so this weighted knot in it, the way it's, um, the way it's created, it looks like, it's got, looks like multiple hands like this. They called it a monkey's fist. Anyway, when the sailors would want to uh, attach to a dock, they would take this monkey's fist, which was part of a longer string, and they would throw this over the side. The, the other end of the string was tied to the big rope. So they'd throw this small string with the monkey's fist on the side um, over the side to the sailor on the dock. And the sailor on the dock would pull the small string, which in turn would then pull the big string, right? So um, the concept, how that relates to sails is sometimes it's too much, too fast to go in and try and sell the whole thing, your whole package, everything that you do. Sometimes it takes a little warming up for that to happen. One of my pet peeves is when people talk about, when salespeople talk about buying signals. Oh, they're giving me buying signals. Oh, they said they're, uh, um, you know, they're, they're telling me nice things and they're nodding their head and they're giving me buying signals. Well, first thing I'll tell you is bullshit. The only buying signal that there is ever is when somebody gives you money or signs your PO. Until then, all buying signals are bullshit. So the sooner somebody trusts us, trusts us enough to give us money to make a problem go away, then the sooner we are to actually closing a sale. So what I want you to think about is there's probably something right now, some kind of analysis, a study, a um, something that you are doing and maybe even giving away for free right now that has value that you could charge for it. So let's think about that for a second. What is something you're doing right now? Some evaluation, some tests, some something, analysis that you're currently going in and giving away that you should start to charge for. And what you're doing is you're trying to figure out, is this person ready to do business with me? So when you give something away for free, you know what kind of value your prospect puts on it, right? Zero. Bagel, zip, nada. If you're giving them something for free, your opinion is no better than theirs. Actually, it's a couple of steps below theirs. And they'll take it and either won't pay any attention to it or may read it and then feel fine to disagree with you about that, right? There is no value in something that's given for free. Yet oftentimes we'll spend a shit ton of time doing something like this. Think about responding to an RFP. How much time could you spend doing that on a one in 10 chance of getting the business? I'm not saying don't do RFPs because sometimes there's a business case for doing it, but a lot of times we're just, it's an exercise in futility. So think about, let's pretend you sell something big, right? Like, I don't know, um, commercial real estate, for example. And so everybody now, you know, all these brokers out there now will go out and they will tell you, tell the seller what their property's worth, a broker's opinion of value, which they're happy to give away. So by the way, for those of you commercial real estate brokers who listen to this podcast, what I want you to think about is how many times have you given a broker's opinion of value and then the buyer or the seller says, no, it's worth more than that or bullshit, right? 
because your opinion's worth no more than theirs. But let's pretend you're able to sell your broker's opinion of value, and they would actually write you a check for that. When somebody writes you a check for your information, what they're telling you is, we would, um, we trust your opinion over our own. We are asking, we're asking for your advice. And when somebody pays for it, they'll pay attention. Doesn't necessarily mean they'll agree with it, but you're 90% or higher chance that they're asking you for, their, for your opinion, and at least you're being paid for your time. So a couple things happen. Number one, if somebody's going to pay you for an evaluation, a, pre a free evaluation, excuse me, for an evaluation of whatever their situation is, first of all, they got to have some kind of problem they're trying to solve. Because why would they write you a check if they don't have a problem, right? So remember, what we're trying to do is have somebody trust us enough to give us money to make a problem or pain go away. And if somebody doesn't have enough pain to write you a check for, you know, it depends upon what you're doing, but somewhere between $500 and $10,000. They don't have enough pain to do that, then chances are they're not going to have enough pain to, to buy anything bigger than that either. I'll also tell you if somebody says, why would I pay you for a broker's opinion of value, for example? Why would I pay you for that? I've got five other people who would do it for free. That's a lot of what salespeople say. I know what you're thinking, right? Wow, everybody else does it for free. How can I possibly charge for it? Remember, people can't tell that you're better till they see that you're different. They cannot tell that you're better till you see that you're different, till they see you're different. So if you go and charge for this service, immediately you're showing up as different. How do you sell that? So what you can tell people is, this is what we do before we take on any client. We do an evaluation of whatever it can be, of your insurance policies, of your HVAC systems, of your, um, of your value of your property, of what it is you're trying to do, an evaluation of your business plan, whatever that may be. In my situation, what we sell here is an evaluation of your sales skills, right? It has nothing to do with personality, but it's a sales skill and mindset evaluation. So think about, think of, and, and for somebody to become a client of mine, you must go through that step. And what I found is if somebody's not willing to pay for that evaluation, then chances are they're not gonna be willing to pay me what it costs to work with me. <clears throat> Remember, one of your beliefs needs to be, I'm not the right fit for everybody. And if somebody's not willing to pay you for some kind of study to find out where they are, then chances are they're not going to be the right fit. Just keep this in mind. And I know what you're thinking, Walker, I'll run everybody off. Nobody's going to pay me for this, blah, blah, blah. Here's what I want you to say instead. I haven't figured out how to sell that yet. I haven't figured out how to sell people something they can get for free somewhere else. By the way, I think that's one of the easiest sales you can make is selling something that costs money against something that people get for free because immediately they're not putting value in what they get for free. So this monkey's paw thing, you make that part of your process. Remember, there is no buying sign. The only buying signal people give you is when they write you a check or, sign, or pay your invoice <clears throat> or sign a PO. So the sooner you can get somebody to write you a check, what they're telling you is, I trust you. 
I trust you to help me with this problem that we've identified together, that you've helped me identify and put a point on. Once they've paid you, chances are they're not going to go to another expert. They're already down the road with you. It allows you to build credibility with them, to have access. And when they're paying you, they'll call you back. They'll give you the information you need to do the proper thing, as opposed to having to chase somebody down the road for information that's a pain in the butt for them to get. If somebody has enough pain to, to pay you for this upfront thing, they'll also gather the information you need. They'll be responsive and they'll meet with you when they said they're gonna meet with you, when you need to meet with them. It also will knock out your competition 90% of the time. Because if they're already paying you, why would they go talk to other people? If they're paying you for this evaluation, I know a lot of you do this stuff for free, but you're also, if you're doing it for free, you're weighing the benefits of how much time should I spend on this thing? Gosh, I don't know if I'm getting, you know, one out of 10, how much time should I spend? This needs to be a sales document. The reality is if you're getting paid for it, you can create something that and spend the time on it and make it right and do a deep dive and basically show them what's wrong or what it is that you can solve or come back and say, look, what we figured out was you're okay. You don't need to make a change. Wouldn't it be nice to not feel pressured up to sell anybody anything? Because they just bought an evaluation from you, right? And you're going to go give them the facts that they, the information that they have paid you for, where you can spend the right amount of time, not worry about skipping steps because you don't have time to do it. And it moves you up the chain as far as you go from vendor, right? Which is the lowest version of sales or somebody doesn't put any value on you at all. All they care about is cheapest price from whomever can get it to them. So you go from vendor way up the decision chain, way up the, um, the trust chain to advisor because they're paying you for your advice, for your knowledge. So you can give them a report back with the information they need. And you can say, look, I'm going to give you this report. It doesn't obligate you to work with me any further. If then this report, you want to take this and hand it to the person you're doing business with now and tell them to, this is what you need fixed. That's perfectly fine with me. If you've already been paid for your time. Now, what I don't want you to necessarily do, and what I don't do, I don't want to be in the business of just selling these whatever assessments. That's not, that's not the business I'm in, but it's a start. Right, it's a place to know who's for real and who's not. When I was in the commercial real estate business, I liked to work with buyers. And so it was fun for me to work with buyers. But what I found, especially when I went out on my own was I could spend a lot of time with buyers showing them property. But there are a million reasons not to buy any single piece of property, a million reasons. None of them are perfect. It's gonna be hard. And what I found was if people didn't have a real compelling reason to buy something, then they weren't gonna do it. But they often would admit that to me up front. So what I learned to do was to sell this agreement, which is that they spent, they wrote me a check for somewhere between five and $20,000, depending upon the, you know, the, um, how in-depth things needed to be, for me to represent them in their transaction. People are like, oh, shit, I can get that for free anywhere else. Absolutely right, you can. And you probably should. If you knew that people paid me somewhere between five and $20,000 to work with them, to help them buy a piece of property, to give them advice, make sure they don't make mistakes. These are smart people that care about a dollar. Why do you think they would do that? That's the question I would ask. And then I would shut up. And as they sat there and 
spunk about it. Sometimes they say, well, it must be better. Or you must take care of them or you must do blah, blah, blah. And I would say, yep. What would that have to look like for you? So here's what happened. Instead of me, and I, th I think I closed my closing statistics were like one out of 50 before. And instead, when I presented this, I was no longer selling commercial real estate, right? I was selling my services and people would pay me for my services. And what I knew was if they'd write a check for five, $10,000 to me to help them, chances are they were going to buy something. And they were going to rely on me to help them. And they weren't going to call other brokers. So it sealed the relationship with money. And then I could figure out who I need to spend time with. And so did people tell me to go to hell a bunch? Sure they did. People that said, I'm not doing that. I'm doing it for free. And I'd say, listen, thank God. Good for you. Matter of fact, I had a client that I worked with on a couple of different deals and the client balked twice, didn't buy two different pieces of property that we had done a ton of work on and I hadn't charged any money for it. This when I was in my free consulting phase. And then I went back to the client, to the, you know, our customer and said, Hey, look, I've changed the way I do business. I now charge people to take them on as clients. Here's what I help them with. You may not be interested in that. And she, and he said, no, thanks. I'm not interested in that. So I let him go. And that was hard because it already had a bunch of time sunk in it. And it's funny, another broker friend of mine from another company called and said, I know you've been working with XYZ for a long time and know what they're trying to do. They've called me and I feel bad about it. You want to work on this together. By the way, that never happens in my business in the commercial real estate business or that never happened to me anyway, it didn't ever happen to me. And I told him, took a lot of guts. I said, no, thanks. You're on your own. He said, why not? And I said, because I don't think she's committed to buy anything. And I wish you good luck and I hope you sell something, but I don't think it's going to make sense. So he went off and worked with the client and took five years until he finally sold her a building where he made a $20,000 fee. Five years. I don't know how many he put under contract. I was so thrilled that I hadn't wasted five years on a little teeny commission. Instead, I found those people, if they wrote me a check, they were committed to do something. And here's the deal I made with them. I said, if it's the end of a year and you haven't bought anything and you don't think I've earned my fee, I'll write you a check back. I gave one check. Nope, I didn't give any checks back. I called one person whom I've been working with for nine months and I said, I am going out of business. I'm going into the sales training business. I'm happy to send you your money back. We weren't able to find you anything. And they said, no, thanks. You showed us in this marketplace. This was not the right time for us to buy. We're going to lease something instead. Perfect. I offered my, my advice was taken. They said it was worth the money that they spent. So that may not be the case all the time, but that was the case with me. And all people who said this would never work were my competitors. They were the other brokers in town who said, we're not, there's no way somebody would pay you. There, that would be stupid than pay you. And what I thought to myself was, no, there's no way somebody would pay you because you don't know how to sell it. And I was fine. They didn't know how to sell it. So that was my business model was acting as an advisor for people who were buying commercial real estate, who really wanted the help. So as you go into your business model and you see, maybe you don't start with your biggest prospect. Maybe it's a small one that you don't, that you're thinking, God dang, this is going to be a pain in the neck. I wonder if this really makes sense. Or I'm not sure if this person's serious or not. Tell them in your first meeting, why don't we decide whether or not it makes sense for you to 
pay us to do an evaluation of whatever it is. Typically, when we start with somebody, <clears throat> we do an evaluation of their whatever, and it costs somewhere between whatever, $500 and $10,000, depending on what you sell, right? It ought to be enough money that it matches what you're doing, but it's a small enough piece somebody can take the bite-sized piece and go it on their own, right? Remember, it's the small rope over the side that pulls the bigger rope afterwards. What is it that you can sell right now that you are currently giving away for free that can solidify the relationships that you have with these companies. Remember, I don't give a shit about friendships. Business is not about friendships. It's about healthy business relationships. When somebody writes you a check, it's a sign of a healthy business relationship. How much time, by the way, have you spent with friends who said they want it, they want help? Hey, why don't you come quote my whatever? And then they stay with who they are. And you say, well, we were friends. They screwed me over. You understand those people, your friends think they're doing you a favor by letting you quote. They think they're doing you a favor to let you waste your time. And it's not personal. They're like, hey, I'll let you quote if you asked them to. But what if instead you said, look, I don't know if I'm the right fit for you or not. Typically when somebody you know, is, is talking to me about their insurance or their HVAC or their health or whatever that is, we begin with an evaluation to see where you are, maybe like a doctor doing an x-ray. Why don't we talk and see if it makes sense, if it makes sense for you to hire me to do that x-ray. Doesn't obligate you to hire me in any way, but at least you can know where you stand. You can have that conversation, find enough pain for them to write you a check to do the evaluation. Your chances go way up of getting the business. And somebody that's not willing to do that, chances are they're only looking for the cheapest or they're not that committed to fixing the problem. If that's the case, when do you want to know it? No BS sales team, let me know, share this. Where do you use, where could you use a monkey's fist? What's something that you could sell that's before the big sale that can help solidify your client, help figure out so that you can give them honest advice and maybe the advice is don't do anything. And if that's the case, guess what kind of trust you build? It took a lot of trust and write your check in the first place. Use the monkey's fist. I'd love to hear. Email me, walker at walkermckay.com, how this works for you. Have you tried it? Here's, what, here's the scary part about this. The second time a prospect of yours pays you for information that you've been giving away for free to other people, you'll be really pissed if you ever give it away for free again because you'll get burned just like you did before. I'm Walker McKay with No BS Sales Podcast. Thank you, No BS Sales Team, for listening. Thank you for emailing me. Thank you for um, rating and reviewing this. If it's time for you to up your game, if you're ready to be challenged, either you or your team needs to be closing more business more quickly at better margins, probably time we had a conversation. Email me, walker at walkermckay.com. Let's set up a time to have a conversation. Thanks. Appreciate you very much. Talk to you next week.